When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Every snap is an interview. After the snap. What a snap. And keep the mouth shut, 50. I lead by example. With Blake and Reed Ferguson discussing life in, out, and after football. To be able to leave walking away with a degree and a championship, uh, it couldn't be any better. Yeah! You can take this boy out the real south on a but you can't take the real south out of my voice. And now here we go again, twist a little bit deeper. Here's Michael Pilardi, Miami's fifth-year punter. Young man who grew up here in South Florida, Broward County. Pride of St. Thomas Aquinas High School in Coral Springs. Fair catch signaled by Nahi Hines. He fumbles it. Is that a line football? Yes, it is. And a massive mistake by Hines, who has been so good for Indianapolis. Welcome back to another episode of After the Snap. This is your host, Reed Ferguson, alongside co-host Blake Ferguson. And I just have one thing to say, Blake. I'm glad that you asked me to do the intro this week following uh, the audio. I just wanted to say as well that that is how you recover a muffed punt. All I can say is touche. I, 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 I literally had one bounce right to me in the preseason, although preseason stats don't count. For the purposes of um, my highlight reel, it would have counted. Kudos to me for doing a ton of fumble recovery reps the week following. One week too late. One week too late. So anyway, uh, first off, congrats. First official Thanks. fumble recovery in the NFL. Yeah, and that's and one I more. Keep, I got to keep the football. That's one more than I have. So congratulations. I've been, I've had my hands on two and one of them was actually stolen from me by my own teammate. That was Mike Tolbert. Correct. Right? Oakland Raiders, I think in 18 at home. Yes. And that was, that was uh, Spiro Ditas <clears throat> from CBS Sports on the call with. Blake's amazing fumble recovery. There you go. Uh, welcome in. As I said, another episode of After the Snap. We are delighted to have you in today with us. We've got a great show ahead. We've got a little bit of football, a little bit of baseball, a lot of bit of baseball, and a little bit more football, but on a different, shedding a different light. I think that's a good way of putting it. Yep. I'm excited so for get, today's episode. Uh, we, yeah, me too. Some, I, I'm. There's some good stuff. Absolutely. I'm I'm thrilled. I'm I'm feeling good. I'm in a great mood. Erica made some bomb stir fry for dinner tonight. It was fantastic. So I'm on cloud nine at the moment. I hope you're as on cloud nine as the Red Sox were after they put the Yankees playoff dreams to bed last night. And I feel that's ya. the beginning of my trash talk. I feel you. We're ya. gonna get to that in a minute, but I hope that's where you're at right now because hey, I'm feeling the same way. Yep, I hear you. Um, it's it's well deserved. I will say it's well deserved. But in 
the same light. I am glad that you, that the Yankees lost. Uh, part of me is is happy that they lost because the team and the program that they were trotting out there for the past half a decade was never going to cut it. We'll hit on that later. Let's recap the weekend that was. Yours truly uh, defeated the Houston Texans in Buffalo, forty to nil. I can honestly say, uh, you know, it's the score looks. It's obvious. It was you know obviously a lot to none, but it was pouring rain the whole game. And That's the worst. As somebody who yourself, you've played in Baton Rouge, you've played in Miami for going on two years now. You've played in your fair share of rain ga- games that had rain and rain ga- games that j- just rained the whole time, and, and then also <clears throat> rain, lots of rain practices. Practices because we're not we're not going inside unless it's lightning. Yeah, and so we're going to practice in the rain a lot. Yep. And dude, I feel you. Yeah, you would much rather you'd much rather snap in snow. Hundred percent. Than than in the rain. We were just talking about that today. It's it was it rained all game. I mean the the you know the footballs were wet. We had we went we went through all three of our K balls. I mean it's just it's atrocious. You know you kind of you it's kind of like survival mode at some point because you're the 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 footballs are so heavy. You're you're kind of just doing whatever you have to do to get by. And I mean, kudos to the offense and the defense. They got a, a, a you know a handful of takeaways. The offense did their thing. T Bass eight for eight. I mean, it, Money. yeah, he had a great day. So kudos to those guys. It, it's uh, we, we you know happy happy with the way it turned out. But unfortunately, on the flip side, you guys came out on the wrong side uh, at home against the Colts. But bright side, fumble recovery. It was cool. I obviously it, was it good. We, what was the weather? Was it it was hot, uh, but no rain. Yeah, it's it's late September in <clears throat> in Miami. You're gonna get you're gonna get hot weather. But fortunately, there was there was no rain, and obviously never want to never want to lose. But if there was a bright spot, it was getting my first takeaway of my career, and I got to keep the football. It's uh it's in my TV stand. Did they but, tag it for uh, you? Uh, no, but I'm I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna take it back and get it get it tagged because cool. I I want that to I want to have that memory and not just another football laying around somewhere. You taking the weather from the Houston game, or would you take the weather from the Colts snow game? Uh, snow game, every, snow game every every day. And and I mentioned it. I, I mentioned say, it. We were just talking. Well, I mentioned that we were talking about it at practice. I didn't get to what it was, but we were talking at practice about. Whether we would like it, like for it to be hot and raining, or cold and snowy, and I said a hundred percent cold and snowy. The major, the main thing in my mind is the wet footballs. It doesn't change. It, it changes the way that we snappers kind of operate. You got to go more follow through. You got to. I I, I kind of turn the. I I spin the ball a little differently on field goals to get the laces when the ball is a little heavier. So. It's just it just it's just a little more stressful, I think, of a, rather than just playing a hot game where you're you know where it's just hot. What about September Miami rain in football or uh, October Buffalo rain in football? 
Um, so cold, cold and rainy, hot and rainy. What's the better? Probably option? hot and rainy. And in Miami, knowing Miami weather, it's probably just going to last a quarter. Not all of the footballs will get ruined. I would definitely agree. And I will say that I've been in a few games with rain where you're over on the sideline, you're snapping practice snaps, and you are snapping with a ball that is like semi-wet, so it's a little heavier, and then you get out onto the field, and they've just sent in a dry K-ball that is like... Pristine. It's like, it's perfect. And so you actually... (laughs) You have to like revert back to normal. Yes. Well, the, the snap actually ends up being different, and you end up like at least in my history, I, I did it once against Mississippi State in eighteen, and I did it once in uh, maybe in the Buffalo game. There was both of them were were like a little bit higher than they normally would be because the ball is more grippy yep. than I was practicing with on the sideline. But those are the things that you have to take into account, and uh, but you don't know until you get out onto the field and you see what they put in front of you that it's a, a dry, perfect, pristine K-ball. Absolutely. We will move on. And uh, there's one other game that we wanted to talk about because this was actually history-making. KC took on the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't know where where was that I think game? it was in you know? um, Philly. Is it in KC? No, in I Philly. think it was in Philly. And they won 42-30. to 30. The Chiefs but won. That's not – Yes, sorry. The Chiefs won 42 to 30. I said they. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about what everybody loves, and that's special teams. There were no punts in that game between either team. It's crazy. Have you, you've had a couple of games in your career where you have not punted? I think um, we had two last year. I, one, I think we had one for sure. I don't, my, my mind wants me to say we had two. But I think we just had one and maybe like one or two games with one punt like we did like we su- did Sunday. It is super rare, especially in the NFL, for there to be no punts. Like your offense has to be clicking on all cylinders. But it's even more rare to have both teams not punt one time. Yeah. This yeah, is so crazy. rare in fact that this was this was actually the fourth time in NFL history that this happened. When were the other times? Um, Sorry, fourth time in NFL regular season history uh, that it's happened. Uh, the other times, there was uh, one in 1992. This was the first time. It was Buffalo, San Francisco. And then there were two in 2014, both of them involving the Packers. One was the Bears versus the Packers, and then one was the Saints versus the Packers. So two I remember watching that game in, no in 2014, spots. the the Saints Packers game. It might have been a primetime game. I do remember and then, watching it, and it just seemed like each team was just dinging first downs left and right, just like ten. You know, like every first down completion was like right past the marker. So they were just moving their way down the field. Yeah, you know, dragging time off the clock. Next thing you know. You score a bunch of points like the yep. like this Chiefs Eagles games forty two thirty. You know if you're you're thirty five twenty eight thirty five thirty two. Maybe maybe toss an interception punts. in there or a takeaway. Yeah, yep. I mean, and then the other the other time was in two thousand three divisional round. 
Colts Chiefs. Peyton Manning and the Colts uh, took on the Chiefs, won thirty-eight to thirty-one, and neither team had a punt. So yep. that is your history lesson for today. I was just going to say, if you think you have eight, nine, well, I mean, what's average possession in in an NFL game? Nine. Yeah. Eight. Eight or I nine. The, I don't know maybe. the exact number, but I would if say you score, if you score nine. on six of those, right? Okay. You know, four or five touchdowns. One or two field goals, that's thirty. You know, you're up in the thirties. Maybe you go for it. Maybe the, you go for it on a drive. Must the, we must be talking the current Buffalo Bills offense. <laughs> maybe you go. For, maybe you. We're talking five touchdowns. Yeah, go for it on a on a drive, and you don't get it, or a or turnover. I mean, you 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 can see how easily it can it can add up to no punts or one punt yep. right it's just very minimal i mean we last year yeah. we we were so good on third down i mean that's really what it comes down to is third down uh, like third down offense i mean we i think we had the least amount of punts in the league i mean like 45 yeah. 44 45 punts last season i mean we were we it took until the dolphins game last the week 17 game to for us to actually or for bojo to actually become eligible for league leading stats because he didn't have two and a half punts per game coming into the Dolphins game. I remember we were averaging like 2.2 punts a game and we needed like four to bring the average up. One more note on the KC Eagles game. Andy Reid became the first coach to win a hundred games with two different teams. I have never really thought about like how difficult that would actually be. The more that I have considered it and after I saw the the headline, like man, that I mean it's it's hard to win 100 games in one city, much less <laughs> doing it two times over. Yeah. So kudos to kudos to Andy Reid. Uh glad he's healthy after his hospital scare. Congrats to him. And uh, just wrapping up this past uh, weekend, our after the snap clutch snap of the week, drum roll, the ATS clutch snap of the week for week four goes to Carson Tinker, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a good friend of ours, known him for a long time. Uh, He had the game winning field goal snap on Sunday night football for uh, Tom Brady's return to New England. I'm sure uh, everybody was watching that game. I know I watched most of it, or, or all of it, I guess. I saw the snap, so I watched the whole game. But it was uh, they, they kicked a field goal to take the lead with about two minutes left. And then uh, the Patriots obviously met, went down and missed uh, to take the lead, and the Bucks just kneeled it out. So uh, congrats to Carson. Shout out, longtime friend. Carson Tinker. Congrats, Carson. So should we talk about it now? Do you want to talk about what happened on Tuesday night? Yeah, I mean, we can talk about it. I think the funny thing is that had we known they would meet in the wild card game, I think we would have made our bet on the wild card game. 100%. But we didn't know that. But we didn't know that. So I think it's funny that the Yankees are out of the playoffs. Boston knocked them out and are still playing, and you still have to wear the Yankees jersey to the home game. If there's any consolation for having to wear the jersey post 
losing the last regular season series bet, it would be watching the home run show last night as well as Aaron Judge just getting laser beamed out at home plate. Yeah, that was incredible. Um, it was Fenway was electric. It was, night. yeah, it was. Um, I'm sure from a Boston perspective, it was a it was a very fun game to watch. I told our our equipment manager Jeff Mazurik, he's awesome, uh, but he is a big Yankees fan. He knows like the equipment guy for the Yankees and whatever. But we were talking yesterday morning, and I said, I said my prediction is that Cole will give up two earned runs and they will likely come via home run. He gave up three earned runs and I also guesstimated he would last six innings and he was nowhere close. Not great on the, on the one side, obviously you go, the Yankees are, were obviously trying to advance, but from a fan's perspective and somebody who has followed the Yankees for most of their life. And I would consider myself I'm not sure. I think I'm the step below a diehard because I watch a lot of their games throughout the season. I'm two, maybe three times a week tuning in, maybe not watching, watching, but it's on the television. And I keep up in the offseason with all the moves, the farm system, like the brand of baseball that they are trotting out there for the past half decade is A, not going to win you a World Series and B, extremely frustrating from a fan's perspective because this it, I didn't play I, I, I quit playing baseball in I don't know sixth grade or whatever seventh grade, whatever it was. From the knowledge that I have, it's I can I it's easy for me to see what what the other teams that have been winning the world I'm, I'm talking about the World Series, the teams that, that are consistently, Putting themselves in the final four in the in the in, in the World Series, Houston, L.A., uh, Boston a couple years ago, right? Kansas City a couple years before that. They're contact based teams. They're high contact, low strikeout rate. That's the that's the recipe that's going to win because you can't because it happened last night. You go in and you have Judge and Stanton are your two threats. Now I will say. If the game was played in Yankee Stadium, Judge, I mean, uh, Stanton may have had three homers, right? I mean, that's at the you, you play the Green Monster, those are probably two, maybe three homers, which obviously changes the game. But that's, I mean, that's baseball. You play to kind of the parameters of the stadium you're in. Anyway, I, I don't want to get on a big soapbox here. Part of me is, part of me is sad that they lost. Part of me is happy that they lost because Boone, the manager's contract is done. So he's not coming, but he's, I hope he's not coming back. Love him to death as a player, great player for the organization, the whole nine yards. Not cutting it. Not cutting it. They need some major turnover. Do you think it's a Boone only? Issue or do you think it's a Boone slash Cashman issue? Both Cashman put the, Cashman's the one that put that put the team together. Boone has no. Boone, it's it's well known that Boone has mostly no say in that because they're they they talk about their analytic department and the whole nine yards. Boone he doesn't even really make the lineup. Tongue in cheek, it's kind of hard for me to dig on Boone too much, but I mean he's the manager. It's just not cutting it. I don't know. Yeah, somebody's got to be the fall guy. It's usually the manager. The so game Boston, that we're watching right now. Well, yeah. So we've got St. Louis and the Dodgers on. I'm watching it as we're recording. You're watching it. 
as we're recording. It's the top of the second. Scherzer's pitching. Uh, St. Louis is up one nothing. I personally think that it's crazy that the Dodgers are even in this game because the the team that won their division, the San Francisco Giants, their Vegas over under I think was like seventy six wins, and they won a hundred and what seven hundred and eight. 107 games. They beat their over under by 30 games. That's it. That is pure insanity. They're kind of like Tampa. They did it with a fraction of the total, the, you know, the total salary that the Dodgers did, the same team in their division did. Pretty impressive by San Francisco to kind of go the distance. People, you know, they were leading like halfway through and they kind of didn't really relinquish maybe for a little bit to LA, but. I mean, even the Padres, they didn't even make the playoffs. But everybody thought the Dodgers and the Padres were just going to run away with the NL and the Padres finished below 500. I personally, I am I say this as a Yankees fan, I kind of like to root for the underdog um, in games that I don't have a rooting interest. Yes. So I, I, I don't have a rooting interest for this game. I think main point is Pujols, who's going to go to the Hall of Fame as a St. Louis Cardinals player superstar in his prime he's playing for the dodgers tonight pretty cool i guess that's a pretty cool um storyline but yeah i've got st louis winning this game fun fact i saw scherzer at an airport once he sat a couple tables behind me at a tgi fridays i think in atlanta do you remember what he ordered no was it i was facing the other way i just remember seeing him very distinct you can't miss you you don't miss a guy like that He's super tall. He's got two different color eyes. You don't miss a guy like that. I didn't have the uh, cojones so, to talk to him. I wish I had. Divisional round coming up starting on Thursday. Uh, Chicago White Sox, Houston Astros, and then the Red Sox and the Tampa Bay Rays. How are you feeling about about Thursday? I love the White Sox-Astros series, partly uh, because – um, our guy Eloy Jimenez for the White Sox, uh, back from injury um, about halfway through the season, but he is a fellow Rep One Ayo, baseball shout uh, out. baseball guy. For those listening, that is the name of our agency. Yep. Shout out Rep so, one. so I will be cheering, obviously, for more reasons than one. I will be cheering for the White Sox. I believe you will too. Uh, and then, obviously, so so White Sox Astros. I'm cheering for the White Sox, but they haven't made the playoffs in a in a couple years. Astro the Astros are all ha, have been going deep in it for you know five four five six years now. So I'm I'm inclined to pick the Astros. I'll say in four because I think they went three one, um, and then Red Sox Rays. Uh, it's hard for me to pick the wild card team, so I'll go Rays, and they made the World Series last year. Uh, I'll go Rays in five. I think the Red Sox will push them because they're division opponents. I want to go back to the White Sox Astros for a second. I th- so currently the Astros are projected to win on Thursday per Vegas uh, over under eight runs. I feel like pulling for the White Sox is just the right thing to do as a baseball fan. I'm I'm totally on board. Because it is, number one, like you said, it's been a little bit since they've uh, been there. And number two, the Astros are just fun to cheer against because of their issues from the 2018 season. Yeah. Yeah, everybody just – it's kind of like – 
the Astros at this point are kind of admittedly like, you know, the Lakers, the Yankees, the Celtics, the Cowboys. You know, you it's just it's everybody just roots against them. If you're not a fan, you root against it. Like if you're watching a Lakers Kings game and you're a Hawks fan, you're probably going to be cheering for the okay. Kings. Ohio State, I would say, is thrown in there. Oh as well. yeah, definitely, they're, they're definitely. Like, it's like just they're just eight, easy but... to root against. I'm with so you I'm there. Go... White Sox. I'll go White Sox in four. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Astros. Oh, sorry, in four. Astros in four. I'm gonna go Astros in four. I'm gonna go Rays in five. And as much as that pains me to say, I just feel like the Red Sox were too streaky at the end of the year to. Go, to just show up for the playoffs and just blow the doors off of it. Yeah. They'll, Cause they'll they were up well. big. They were, they had, you know, a, a pretty substantial lead about yes. halfway through the season. And then kind of after the all-star break, they went, you know, they were, like you said, they were super streaky. So, and the, and obviously and they gave up the lead. The Tampa won the division and they found themselves, yes. uh, you know, at home in the wild card game, which they won. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm with you there. I think the Rays are just too good. They're just too good. Their pitching and their hitting is just weirdly, weirdly good. So for being such a small market team. One thing on the White Sox that I I can think you guys have kind of overlooked is how incredible it would be if they get to the World Series and win it with Tony La Russa making his return this year to baseball. Yeah. Who had been out for like, what, 12 years? And he's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. He's in the Hall of Fame and still coaching. That is, yeah, Chris, kudos. That's a that's a great point. I mean, I you know awesome. they're from the AL. They're they're the team that I'm rooting for the most. Obviously, I'm not rooting for the Astros, and I'm not going to root for either team in the Yankees division to go all the way. So, I mean, the White Sox they've they've got the they've got the guys to do it. They've got contact guys. They got power guys. And they have really good pitching. It'll make for a great playoffs like it is every year. And then on Friday, we get into the NL divisional round as well as the second game of each of those uh, AL divisional round series. So we've got Atlanta and Milwaukee uh, in Milwaukee on Friday night or Friday afternoon, I should say. And then uh, TBD versus the San Francisco Giants, that'll be the winner of tonight's contest. Yeah, I, I uh, looking at that first, the first uh, NLDS series, Braves and the Brewers. I mean, the Braves are my are my 1B. I think they're your 1B as well. I mean, we grew up cheering for the Braves, obviously, as well as our, Andrew, just because they Andrew were the local Chipper team. Jones, baby. Right. I watched a lot of Braves baseball this year. I mean, they were one game away last year from from going to the World Series and they gave up a 3-1 lead to to the Dodgers who ultimately won. It's hard for me to pick Atlanta to advance. I know they're they got super hot there at the end of the season, won the division obviously, but the Brewers, I think if you look at the the top of their rotation, it's unbelievable. They've got two and Corbin Burns obviously is probably going to win the in El Cy Young, they've got two third, or three. Third in ERA, third in ERA, second in batting average against, and fourth in walks plus hits per inning pitched. Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, and Brandon Woodruff at the top. 
at the top end of their pitching staff. I mean, it's they're both elite, and it's hard for me. Pitching wins in the playoffs, that's proven. It's hard for me to see Atlanta getting by them. I think it'll be a great series. I'll go Brewers in five. Just because, I, I mean, their pitching is great. Lineup is good. I think the Braves lineup is really good. Pitching is lacking. I'm going to go Braves in five, and here's why. Braves lineup is one of the best in the league. They are third in the league in home runs. They're eighth in runs overall and 11th in batting average. In their rotation, they're eighth in ERA. They're eighth in batting average against, and they're 10th in walks plus hits per inning pitched. I feel like they are going to find a way after last year to get the job done. Even I don't know if they'll Acuna. win. The, I don't know if they'll win the NLC, NLCS even without Acuna. I don't know if they'll find a way to win in the NLCS, but I I feel like that they will find a way to get past Milwaukee. And then with the Giants series, they've just been so unbelievable this year. You, you talked about it. They they out <laughs> they out won their projected number by 30 games ended up winning 107 games which is just unbelievable so i got giants in i'm gonna go giants in three regardless of who they see we both agreed on the al we disagreed on the first nl and i think i'm gonna have to disagree with you here on the second because i think whoever comes out of this wild card game cardinals or dodgers I like both of their both of those teams against San Francisco. And I know that goes against logic. They had the most wins in the National League, yeah, most wins overall. I mean, I I think if you look at St. Louis, they won, you know, towards the end of the season, they won what 17 straight, it's 18 straight, 17 straight. 17 yeah. straight. I think if they win tonight, they're continuing that momentum. And I think if the Dodgers say- if the Dodgers win tonight, I think they just have too much talent. I I it's it's hard for me to pick against either of these teams that's playing tonight against the Giants, even though the Giants will have home field. If I have to pick between the two playing tonight, I would say that the Cardinals probably have the better shot just because of the momentum that they're carrying. The Dodgers, if you look at their overall record through August, September, and the first couple days of October, they were pretty dang good of late, and they just didn't put 17 game streak together. They won a lot of baseball games. I think that either team playing tonight has a good shot, but I just think that I think that the Giants have too much firepower. I'll say well, the winner of this wild card wins against the Giants in 4. A lot of four game, a lot of four game uh four game wins for you. Yep. I think all I think you picked every winner in 4. Brewers and Brewers in 5. All the other ones in four. Chris, keep us honest there. Let's finish talking baseball uh, with some news that just broke within the last couple of hours. Reed, you and I were having this conversation with our good friend Caleb last night. Matt Vaskersian has announced that he will be leaving ESPN after this season. He has been teamed up with Alex Rodriguez for the last four years, but he, in my opinion, and also your opinion, as you shared with me last night, is the best voice in baseball. I couldn't agree more. 
he's basically the voice of my baseball childhood, I think. Because he was on all I the video he was on all the video games. Yeah. MLB the show. Yeah, I hate to see it. Like I said, when you um had sent that to our group text, it's gotta be money related. I, I would have to say so too. And I don't think that he would I mean he's done Chris, correct me if I'm wrong. He's done stuff with Fox. He's done the he's yeah, done he, the Fox sat like Fox has the they do like a Saturday uh MLB like game of the week. Like over the summer, yes, they'll he, do a Saturday. And I'm pretty sure he's on that not every week, but often maybe. He might be. I, I always thought Joe Buck did some of the, the Saturday Joe games, Buck's but I know definitely he does stuff with the Anaheim Angels as well yeah. as MLB Network, and anything that I've read today into that is that Sunday Night Baseball has taken away a lot of that from him, and he wants to focus on the Angels and his role at MLB Network, but I I don't think it's... I think there's some more stuff that's just something he said. I think there's still more things behind the scenes that why he's out. So who who fills that role? I think they love having A-Rod on there because he brings viewers... I don't think he does a terrible job either. I think he does a No, I mean, I mean he's good, he's good he's not as polarizing as Joe Buck. Um but I think he is definitely polarizing because people have strong opinions one way or the other. He he's he's definitely goofy and it seems like sometimes he's reading off of like straight reading off of a note card because he just says these random things that is just like did your producer just whisper this in your ear? Like, Hey, talk about this. And he just like talks about it. Like it's so random, but right. no, I think a rod's definitely got to be on there. I don't know, but I, I'm not really sure. in in baseball world, who, who, who what takes, about, who takes the, the play by play. What about Carl Ravitch? He's great. Um, I don't know if he's the pop name that you want though. Sorry, I was just gonna say I don't hate Carl Ravitch as a as the Sunday Night Baseball. I was gonna say, well, if you're ESPN, what direction do you go? Do you get somebody that is well known and established, or do you try to go and grab somebody that might be in their late 30s, early 40s, with about 10 years of experience that you can sign to a contract and then keep him around for years to come and basically build what. I had as a, as a teenager always watching John Miller and uh, Joe Bu- on uh, what's Joe Morgan on Sunday Night Baseball when I was a teenager they were always the pair I think ESPN needs to have that think about that going forward having a Rod who's still relatively young as the analyst and then bring in a play by play guy that you can keep for years to come because there's nothing more irritating than a booth changing just ask Monday Night Football. Reed, do you want to finish with some football talk? Yeah, we some had um, some big, news. yep, big news pertaining to the end of the football season. The Super Bowl halftime show was announced. For those who did not see, I personally think it might be, it has potential to be the best ever. Agreed. Uh, the group of um, artists that got named for the for this year's Super Bowl halftime show: um, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Dr. Dre, Mary J. Blige, and Kendrick Lamar. And I just think right Three. off the bat, like this hits so so many. It touches so many generations, right? Yep. 
Not to mention the fact that it's in LA, in LA, which is one of the hip hop capitals. Of course, three of these three of these artists being from LA, to uh, Dr. Dre and Kendrick Lamar, both being from Compton, Snoop being from Long Beach. The generation before us, like our parents, obviously listened to. I don't know about our parents specifically, but the generation before us were old. Were they were old enough to listen to this music in the '90s when it was happening? In early 2000s, our generation listened to it kind of as retro music, right? Or, you know, it was kind of phasing out a little bit as like, I'm speaking for myself here. Like when I was going through school, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Dr. Dre, like they were, they were kind of old school a little bit, right? Eminem was still hot. Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg were kind of in the past a little bit, right? The new the new phase of hip hop was coming in. And then now I think you've got a younger generation that views these artists at well, Kendrick is more modern, but views these artists as retro as well. But they're still listening because the NFL doesn't pick Super Bowl halftime performances that wouldn't get views. The attention and the demand is still there for these artists and these musicians. What's your favorite halftime performance you've ever seen? Oh my goodness. I think I have a number one and then I have like a, it's way down, you know, like number two, three is not even close to number one. Can we say them? uh, Can we say our favorites at the same time? Sure. I'll let you count okay. down. Three, two, one. Prince. Prince. Hands down. I'm so glad that he's your number one because he's also my number one. Hands down. It was in the <clears throat> pouring rain, in the pouring rain, the best halftime performance. You can't you can't write a better script. I watched the video the other day when we were going back and forth about what we were going to talk about on the pod. I watched I watched the video again of the of the whole performance. It's insane it was awesome but when he broke out the purple guitar at the end it was raining he sang purple rain and the and it had the like the canvas flapping with his shadow and he was playing the guitar like that was electric it was insane it was awesome like that's what you want from a halftime show and i think yes. it appealed to the widest they cast a huge net right which is generally what they try to do, um, but there's you know there's a couple there's been a, a handful here and there where it just doesn't you know doesn't really fit it doesn't really please the masses if you will. I think Prince. I think in, in two thousand seven was the best. I think in the last ten years, with the rise of social media and the criticism that they get for every little detail. There is no halftime show that could please every audience member. Yep. I feel like this halftime show that they've put together for LA, for the new stadium, could provide the most coverage for that. In my opinion, it's it's Prince 2007, and then it's Justin Timberlake 2018, and then Bruno Mars 2014. 
I think I'm just super picky about kind about like really enjoying a specific genre of music. So like my like I've got Prince at the top, obviously. Way far down is U2 in 2002, just because we grew up um, listening to U2 with dad. Like it was an awesome experience to be able to to see them live, you know, and performing. It's and I was in second grade, and then at at the three spot, I've got the weekend last year, just because I I like his music, the vibe, like the the vibes of his music. I thought his was it's kind it was I kind of weird, was hilarious. It was I his was hilarious. Yeah. I mean, it, with the mirror, with the room of mirrors, oh, yeah. and all of the drama that ensued. All with the like memes the came weeks leading up. Oh yeah. Well, the weeks leading up, he had like the fit, like the plastic surgery, oh, yeah. yep. like Botox swell up that everybody was like, "What did he do to his face?" Yeah. Like, I thought that that was hilarious and very memeable. Not to mention the camera that he was like the selfie stick that he was carrying around was comedy as well. Yeah. I remember. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it's the, 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 the memes that the memes that came from his performance were all time, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's the, the, the music is kind of what I was judging it off of. So anyway, I mean, nothing comes close to Prince and then you two and then the weekend. All right. We got a little week five preview. Miami Dolphins travel to Tampa to play the reigning Super Bowl champs and Tom Brady. That's a 1 p.m. game Sunday afternoon. And then Sunday night, the Buffalo Bills are in KC for Sunday night football, taking on the Chiefs. And then for your watching pleasure, Monday night football this week is – Indianapolis Colts taking on the Baltimore Ravens 815 on Monday night. So um, we also want to finish this pod by thanking the folks who reached out regarding our uh, social media internship. We are reviewing your resumes that you sent in as well as uh, your portfolios. We will be getting back with you very soon and we look forward to speaking with some of you i think that's a wrap on this week's pod you have anything else reed no thank you um to all of our loyal listeners we're uh we continue we we are having and continue to have a blast putting out some content so um hopefully we can uh get a uh, get an intern nailed down. I think that will be uh, great for us to continue to grow the podcast in the ways that we see fit and how we kind of see the, the direction that we see this podcast going for uh, for all you out there. So uh, thank you very much. We, we, we very much appreciate it. As always, you can follow us on social media at After The Snap Pod, Instagram and Twitter. And I was actually looking at uh, YouTube because we want to start doing some live recordings. Yes. If I'm not mistaken. Yes. So uh, I was looking at that. I was looking into how we could start doing that. So look forward to uh, getting that up and running soon. Be on the lookout for some news on that on social media. This has been After the Snap, Tales from Two Brothers Who Live Life upside down.